Welcome to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Hello and welcome to episode 178 of the Rotten Views podcast. Thank you everyone for showing up for another new episode. Or if this is your very first episode, thank you for making this your first episode. I'm not sure why this will be your first episode because the subject at hand for today's episode is not very popular, let's say. It's kind of got like a cult status, not really. It's a random movie that I picked to watch, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. <laughs> you know, you find out my thoughts and opinions on the movie at the end of this episode so before we get to the movie at hand i just want to put out some little, little business out front so you guys can go check it out if you feel like it you know i'm not forcing you guys to but i appreciate it if you guys did make sure to follow me on all social media accounts uh links will be down in the description below that's at type and sign on pretty much anything and everything so we got the instagram account the x account the facebook fan page uh we also have the youtube channel make sure to check out the youtube channel where i've been doing a lot of live streaming lately i'm still doing a lot of gta online as well as doing some other videos games and whatnot we have the weekly gaming video that drops every single wednesday on youtube we have old episodes of the podcast that are dropping we're going to do a live episode of the podcast at some point in time when i can figure everything out that i need to be uh, need to figure out i gotta do a webcam and everything like that too we're going to maybe do some watch alongs i'm not too sure yet i have a lot of plans for the youtube channel but i just you know there's the copyright issues and whatnot so we got to work our way around that or maybe we'll do a patreon for the watch along i'm not too sure yet i'll have to look into everything legally to see what we can actually do um but i'm planning a lot of things for this year so definitely go check out that youtube channel hit that subscribe button turn on the bell notifications that we get notified every time i go live it's usually like 8 p.m eastern until about like 11 o'clock been doing like five to six streams a week so hopefully you guys will check those out having a lot of fun with those and i appreciate if you guys stop by it means a lot to me and we also have uh, the shorts i'm going to be doing more art shorts and art community posts and maybe you know doing some um polls and see what you guys want me to draw next maybe we'll do a, a movie drawing or something i don't know yet. we'll see go check it out though you guys will find some content hopefully that you like i hope this week has been a little bit busier than what i've been used to i've been behind a little bit few things uh i don't know why honestly probably just me slacking or me to figure everything out with the live streams because like i said i've been doing live streams a lot lately and i'm enjoying them don't get me wrong i'm enjoying them a lot but i gotta find out the the happy meme of doing the podcast doing the youtube video for every wednesday as well as doing the live streams the uh the weekly art drawings for my daughter for her lunch pail and then art for myself and for clients because i have some client pieces that i need to get done uh, you know i you know artists aren't uh or creative minds have a messy desk and i have a very messy desk with a lot of projects on the go uh we'll we'll figure out the happy medium to get everything done at the once but it's going to take a little time to get worked out but it, it's a fun ride nonetheless and hopefully i'll be able to record this episode in one shot i've been having a little bit of technical difficulties i don't know why the the program that i use to do the recordings seems to be 
be a little bit laggy and a little bit slow on the response side. So hopefully the bugs will just work itself out because I don't want to mess around with the program and whatnot. I just want it to be smooth for once. You know, 2024 has got to be right. It's, got, it's going to do smooth sailing, right? But enough of all that. You guys are here to listen to me talk about this movie from 1995, Project Metal Beast, for an hour and 32 minutes, a horror sci-fi movie. It's a first-time watch for me. I've heard other podcasts talk about this movie a little bit. You know, they've mentioned it while watching other movies. So uh, I'm, I have a little bit of an idea what I'm getting into, but not a full grasp of what this whole movie is going to be about. So it should be a fun first-time watch, hopefully. I'm watching the copy that I found for free on YouTube, but apparently you can also watch it on Plex and Tubi. I'm not sure if it's on Tubi at this point in time, though. I haven't turned on the Tubi app in a little bit, sadly, uh, because I've just been finding so many free movies on YouTube to watch. So I've been doing that more than doing Tubi. But Tubi's a great app, so definitely go check it out. It might still be there, or it might be taken off by now. But apparently this movie has a 4.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 4.5 out of 5 on Amazon.ca, and a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. 79% of Google users apparently enjoy this movie. The initial release date was January 1995. The director is Alessandro Di Ganto. I butchered that name just like I do on all the other names. Sadly, it seems they were a writer, director, producer who just passed away sometime last year. Uh, it's best known for doing uh, um, Butch Camp from 1996. Who's the writer? The writer for, uh, of course, Project Metal Beast. They also wrote Bloodbath and Psycho Town in 1989, as well as Scoring from 1979 and Haunted from 1977. And the, apparently the first film was from 1974 uh, where they wrote UFO Target Earth, whatever that might be. I've never heard of that one before. We also have two other people credit for being writers for this uh, feature film as well. We have one being Timothy E. Sabot, which we're not going to discuss what movie he's done in the past. Um, not because it's probably anything horrible, um, just because he's done a lot of, let's say, adult films and uh, he was a producer for some adult awards uh shows um we're not talking about like game awards or like emmys or oscars or anything like that we're just discussing like very adult related stuff which i had no goddamn clue about to be honest with you before looking at this and our final writer for this is uh, apparently roger steinman who's also best known for doing nothing really that important apparently he was part of the additional crew for the hangover part two if that makes anyone happy i guess uh, he did a bunch of shorts and it looks like a bunch of french films um nothing that I really want to discuss to be honest with you and then we jump over to our cast which we're not really going to talk much about Kane Hodder because well we should know who Kane Hodder is at this point in time you know he's he's played Hatchet he's played Friday the 13th Jason Voorhees and he's done a bunch he's a horror icon so you pretty much should know who he is so we'll just jump right to the next person on the cast list which is Kim Delaney who's apparently in 137 episodes of NYPD Blue uh, she was in uh, 36 episodes of All My Children and she was in the TV miniseries 10.5 Apocalypse and Army Wives, whatever the hell that is, for 104 episodes. Uh, very interesting because, like, Feast, I believe one of the leads in Feast was in one of the soap opera shows as well for a crap ton of episodes. Or maybe it was Baywatch. I'm not very too sure which one was, to be honest, at this point in time in the, this recording. Next person on the cast list that we're going to talk about is Barry Bostwick, who's best known for being Brad Majors, a hero in the Rocky, Rocky Horror Picture Show. He's also Ace Hunter in Megaforce from 1982. He's also Adult Terror the narrator from T Fantastic Planet from 1973 and he's also the mayor in Spin City 
for 145 episodes. I've been rewatching that one on Paramount Plus. I highly recommend that show. Uh, it's a great show. Should definitely go watch it. The plot from Google is a bloodthirsty werewolf becomes nearly indestructible after a government scientist uses it to test a metal-based skin. Sounds like a good plan. I'm sure what could go wrong with that. The tagline is DNA overload. Apparently under the trivia is apparently there's this old uh, pinball machine called Rack'em Up that was first uh, made in 1983. So at least it got a cool pinball machine. Maybe I, I guess we'll see it once we watch the movie which so i'm just gonna say now if this is your first episode of the rotten views podcast i'm gonna talk about this movie from start to finish and hit all the points that interest me in between so if you don't want to be spoiled on the movie that came out in 1995 i think it was uh feel free to pause the episode now go watch it on plex or go watch it on tubi if it's still on there or just watch it on youtube or you know what even better uh to save yourself some time just listen to me talk about this movie and that's all you really need because i'll be hitting all those points and i'm sure you won't need to watch it afterwards unless you really really want to because i make it sound like a such a great amazing movie but i don't know if it is yet because i haven't actually watched it yet so we're gonna watch it right now so you have been warned i don't want to hear any complaining so how about you get some popcorn get some doritos get some snacks whatever you want get comfy and listen to me unless you're at work then uh just you know keep working or at least make it look like you're working because you want to get a good paycheck right not get wrote up for uh listening to the rotten views podcast so let's uh just get back to the work or whatever we're doing and uh get the movie started now presents Saturday Night at the Movies, the television series which each week brings you the finest in recent motion pictures. Tonight... that doctor she's 10 minutes late relax she'll be here we're wasting time should have kept that blood done this myself why is it that every time you take matters into your own hands you screw things up you've made enough enemies around here people don't trust you why because of greg's death i didn't have any time stop you know you can't go around taking people out just because you feel threatened who are you kidding miller you'd have done the same thing yourself so we got the movie starting out with some Blue Ridge Entertainment uh, intro credits as we see a bunch of fog. A lot, a lot of fog. Nothing but fog, essentially, and some music hitting us. And then we see it's like a, what looks to be a boat coming in on the water, but it's all, there's so much fog, it's really hard to tell. And then you see it's apparently the U.S. Military Intelligence Agency, and they're up in the mountains in Hungary. Uh, their objective is some werewolf sample blood, because apparently the werewolves live up, up in Hungary. Uh, is, is that, was that where? on or is that somewhere else oh whatever and then we see the uh the intro title the font come up and it's uh it's something else it's it's pretty chopped together and nothing fancy i thought you know being a werewolf movie they could do like a cool font but they literally just put the two words on top of each other as we see them still making their way through the water and they have this old school lantern on the front of their boat because that's really letting you see so much they finally get their boat on shore and then the one guy's looking out of the cross and they just 
tosses off to Simon like, I ain't gonna need this, I'll be fine. And of course they come across this stone pathway that leads up a stone stairway and everything. And on top of this, you know, the hill is like this old school gothic looking church and be like, yes, the werewolf must be inside there to get the sample of blood that we need. And like, I saw them go into the castle or the church or whatever it might be, but it looks like they're already in an underground tunnel system of some sort that has like dead bodies or a dead body because it looks like a skeleton. Uh, it's very dark and very uh, grainy looking, so it's really hard to tell, but I'm pretty sure I saw a skull and made some intestines. I'm not really too sure though on that one. And then they make it into the main area where the uh, piano and everything is. No, the first guy, there's two of them. The first guy's got the, you know, the flashlight looking around. And then the werewolf jumps out of the rafters and just starts eating the guy's neck. While his buddy just stands behind him just like looking like, hmm. That's probably not good. And then he pulls out a pistol and starts shooting a couple times and the werewolf falls over. And he's like, uh, I don't know if that's supposed to happen because this is a big werewolf because this werewolf is played by Kane freaking Hotter. Anyway, his werewolf's on the ground now so the other guy pretty much, you know, takes out his suitcase kit and uh, hooks up the machine to the werewolf to start taking some blood samples from him while he's going nappy nap. I guess we're just supposed to assume that his gun's already full of a load of his silver bullets even though we saw no prep work whatsoever. But maybe we're just under the assumption that normal bullets kill werewolves now because he literally shoots his partner once and we just assume that his partner is dead as he walks away with the partner's uh camera be like yeah i need this and then we see that soldier guy back talking to miller played by barry botswick you know the mayor from uh spin city and it's just so weird seeing him trying to be like a head official like a, a serious guy in the cia or fbi or something along those lines and he's just a comedic character character the whole damn time and anything else that i've actually seen him in and then some random nurse lady comes in and she's like, see this on this little blueprint thingy? That's the extra chromosome. That means it's not human. It's like, well, yeah, it's from a freaking werewolf. What do you expect? And apparently Barry, or sorry, Miller, has the scientist doing some tests on the blood because he just wants to know if there's any disease in the blood or not. I don't know why. Why do you want to know if there's disease in the werewolf blood? Are you afraid they got rabies or something? Then Butler, the uh, army guy, military guy, whatever he is, that brought back the blood sample. He's like, oh, it's just all the blood that's left or dragging your ass. You should be uh, doing a lot better than this at this point in time. She's like, I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing uh, the best that I can. And then the two of them are outside of Miller and Butler. And he's, Butler's like, I'm going to take this blood. And she's like, your hands are tied because she has to sign off on it. So you're not going to take this and screw it up on me. So you can just wait your turn. But like, I don't know if Miller and Butler are on the same team or like the same organization or if they're like two organizations working together. I'm not really sure what the whole plan is behind that. And apparently this organization is really easy to just go wherever you want to at any point in time because I <laughs> we see butler sneaking into that same area where the the cooler is with the blood sampling and he's just you know stealing some of the blood like no big deal no security at all it's fine now i'm very confused because butler is now in a, a washroom he's checking the stalls to make sure no one's in the washroom with him i'm assuming it's still the fbi's facility or whatever it might be anyways he walks over to the sink where we see the mirror and it looks like someone smashed their head or put their fist through the mirror like if you're a high functioning government building wouldn't you get that fixed anyways then we see butler with the syringe that he was taking the blood sample from and it looks like he's getting ready to inject himself with some werewolf blood anyway so then we find out this movie has a full-on junkie scene where he puts this syringe in his you know arm and shoots up some werewolf blood and starts freaking out a little bit like he's getting high from it i don't really know what's going on at this point in time then he's like sweating with his head up against like the air dryer to like dry off your hands his scientist comes in he's like butler are you okay and butler's like what are you looking at get out of here i'm fine 
And Butler sits down to go over the pictures that his buddy's camera took as he's getting mauled by the werewolf. The werewolf suit looks pretty cool. Uh, it's nothing super amazing. It doesn't look like it has much like uh, movement in it, but it still looks cool nonetheless. Then Miller walks in the room where butler's got the light off and he's like get light off it hurts my eyes he's like what'd you do with the blood you took it didn't you he's like yes i did actually now we have plenty of blood because it's working through my system so we can always have a sample of it i don't think it works that way though to be honest with you oh also uh now that he's injected himself with the werewolf blood butler apparently has a higher uh hearing sense he can hear the other doctors talking rooms away through the vent system and butler's like i hear your heartbeat beating a little bit faster miller <laughs> you know what i want to do i want to kill something and butler thinks that he's turning himself into like the super killing war machine that's gonna have the brain of a man and can transform it at any point in time that he wants to essentially and uh, some other crap it kind of looks like he's not doing too well though because he's sitting at his desk and he's having like hot flashes and he's just sweating and then the nurse or the scientist or whatever she drops a a vial of something and cracks it all open and he's like "Mm, actually smells kind of good to be honest with you what is that Anyways, we then see Butler. He's like on the trail of something, and we, he, you know, he's got the hearing sense now, you know, up to a thousand. And I'm assuming he's in his apartment now, and not in the office, because we hear some uh, adult sounds coming from a certain room. And I'm pretty sure, no, nope, it's it's in an office because we see a door that says hematology. Um, don't know what's going on there, but we'll just leave it at that. Then Butler walks into that room where the the scientist is like clean off her finger and be like, "Oh, you startled me. Everything okay?" And he walks up with his hand behind his back. And it's his like werewolf hand essentially now. And he like just you know grabs her head and takes her off screen and she's screaming. And the next thing we know, we see her walking back into camera and her clothes are destroyed. And she looks like she's had a very rough time at this point in time. And then a couple other doctors just come in and they see her and they're like, Michelle, what happened? It was Butler. And then the other doctor goes to hunt down Butler and he's like, Ah, you're getting out of control here, Butler. What's going on here? As he's in the room, the butler is watching the the sideshow clips on. And then next thing you know, we see a werewolf in the corner come up and it kills the doctor. And then um, Miller comes in and starts shooting um, Butler, Kane Hodder, whatever you want to call him. The Metal Beast, essentially. And we see the Metal Beast just hit up against the, the wall. It's like, so are we assuming normal bullets are like injuring this creature? Or like, are all your bullets laced with silver and wolfsbane? I'm curious. Just I'm just wondering. And then we see the body on a stretcher covered up. And Miller's like, so uh, make sure the bodies get taken to the freezer, cryogenic center. Uh, I want them frozen right now. Uh, I need to take a look at some stuff that's in there just to, just to, you know, check it over. And then Miller's like, so uh, I need everyone's records on this whole project because we got to destroy everything to cover up our tracks to make sure this never comes out to the public ever. So uh, give us all your records so we can destroy them, please. Uh, please and thank you. And then we see Miller talking to the naked body of Butler, who's in his like little freezer container, being like, so this little intermission is going to give us some time to work out the kinks so we can get this uh, little project of ours, you know, smoothing out and working properly. And now we apparently are 1994 at the new secret agency because we need a new one, apparently, to cover everything up. And this is when we see our other lead, Anna, who's apparently a- another scientist as well, doing some tests on stuff. And I guess her husband or something calls because apparently she was supposed to be home an hour ago because they're playing like couples pool and i don't know some bull crap uh, apparently they're not a couple because it's like a bunch of people that all work together and the one guy's like yeah she doesn't care about you at all she cares about the substitute skin that she's working on because apparently she's making some fake skin i don't 
know what the hell is going on at this point. I still, I'm lost, I'm confused, I don't know. And then that guy that was on the phone talking to her comes over and wakes her up because she fell asleep at her desk. And apparently this new skin is like metal and material. And apparently it's going to help out cancer patients somewhere down the road at some point in time. And then of course the person in charge of this new uh, operation for the very first time uh, is Miller. And uh, Anna's like, so uh, we're not very sure what we're doing right here now. We can't, you know, get the, the skin to harden. It kind of stays like a rubber shell. He's like, I oh, know. We'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. We got it. We got it. We'll understand it. Then we find out Miller's a colonel and he's a apparently joining this uh organization with another organization which are both working on skin stuff and one of the guys like well what if we want to say no he's like well i'll just cut your funding then you won't have a program how about that let me see miller back down this gallery basement area the cryogenic freezer area where he's like hey butler it's your time it's been 20 years now and now guess what you're gonna have some metal skin these scientists are gonna give it to you and they don't even understand because you're gonna be the cadaver for them and you're gonna be indestructible and under my control only and then we see the cadaver or the body of Butler showing up at the lab and Anna taking some skin samples to have some tests run on it, I guess. And then we see her putting the body bag back over him. And then she's freaking out to her like command officer being like, what if it was used for some germ warfare? And then out of nowhere, Miller comes in. He's like, it's got a clean bill of health. Don't worry about it. It's got my seal of approval. It's fine. Everything's fine on it. Here's the, the file on it. Anna's putting up a big fuss. She's like, it does. You know, I'm not comfortable. There's a lot of pressure on it. He's like, don't worry about it. How about you just play around? with this one and then we'll get you a fresher one down the road a little bit just you know do some tests on this one you know have fun you know try it out see some new stuff whatever happens happens all right and apparently another scientist working with hannah was doing some tests on the skin sample and somehow found some mud or dirt and some hair follicles that are apparently from budapest and like oh this is very interesting maybe we'll actually work on this body after all oh, what's the worst that could happen then we see uh, butler's body on the operating table as they're getting ready to resection some of his skin that's literally where they're cutting like a triangle of the other layer of the skin off and peeling back so you can actually see like the muscle tissue and everything which it looks well done for the copy that i'm watching and then they start putting this new like metal infused skin on the section and it kind of looks a little deep fried to be honest with you yeah at first i thought it was like the first part of the skin that they did and then where you see a bigger section of the body while they're discussing how they're upset because they're only get peanut butter and jam for lunch i don't know why you can't bring your own lunch whatever uh on his stomach there's a bunch of different small splotches of new skin and then one of the guys is like hey there's something showing up on the computer you know all those new spots in that in them are showing different you know scans and then they i guess they notice the bullet wounds so then they start clearing out the bullet wounds and filling up with gauze and they actually pull out the bullets which are actually gonna end up waking up butler because apparently the bullets put them to sleep but at least when they're putting the bullets in the little tray that the one scientist or doctor is like huh these bullets look like silver and then apparently as soon as the bullets are out uh radars start going off and the body starts to bleed because the body temperature starts going up and then the fingers on butler's body start to move and you know all hell's gonna break loose here soon and then butler sits up and everyone starts freaking out because he starts grabbing i think anna's face and then they're like oh we gotta hold him down and start giving him oxygen because he's you know trying to breathe and he doesn't have any oxygen coming in i mean he was a cadaver maybe we should just put the bullets back in him and you know finish the job off and leave him you know asleep and dead even though this whole point in time miller was watching from like behind the glass so where's miller now and then all the other scientists are like so what if he like comes conscious and starts talking and stuff and they're like well why don't we just take the bio skin off him and you know let, hopefully he dies again and then miller's like just so you guys are aware you know he technically doesn't exist so let's not worry about it and we'll just do what we need to do all right guys 
Harry Turner was like, so how about we send these bullets off to Washington so we can figure out who or why he got killed? And Miller's like, it doesn't matter how he got killed or who killed him. It's not going to change a thing. So let's not worry about it, okay? And then we have, uh, like, Anna hiding in her office because apparently one of the other co-workers, I think maybe Debbie, I'm not very really too sure, went to go find her. And then we have a flashback where Anna's thinking about this little girl who's in, like, the burn ward. And she's just feeling bad because she couldn't help her out. Uh, some backtracking that doesn't really make any difference at all and apparently this made Anna think about like well what if life doesn't leave our body when we die and it just it's just stuck there and it reinserts itself just like it happened today you know the body was dead and then we did some stuff to it and it came back so can we bring everyone back to life let me see Miller going into the room where Butler's you know pretty much he he's alive but he's not really talking at all and uh, Miller's like so you know you've been on ice for 20 years so maybe calm down a little bit and relax a little bit and then we see him starting to freak out more and more as the machine starts beeping faster and faster you know he tries to get out of his constraints there you know holding him down to the table but you know he can't yet and you know miller doesn't even notice the machines beeping faster and faster at all and that butler's starting to freak out more and more on the table to the point where he's actually laughing at him and later that day or maybe the next time i read the shirt one of the doctors goes to put a needle in like the the stitching area to you know give him a shot of something and the needle actually breaks inside the skin then one of the other scientists is like you know here let me get the needle and you know insert it and then they start freaking out because she's like you know uh miller has something to do with this because you know he was trying to communicate to butler here and i don't understand why but he was showing him cards and stuff like where were you at the whole time when he was showing cards i didn't see you in the background watching from the the glass window that's right there in the picture then miller comes in and he's like what are you talking about huh you talking about me huh and she's like you know this is going to go really bad if he regains his memory and knows everything and miller's like well you told me he wasn't going to get his memory back and she's like well I, you know why honestly don't know what's going to happen to be honest with you and then out of nowhere uh butler starts uh peeing all over the place to the point where he's leaking off the table and we need to get a full shot of that leaking on the floor for some reason i don't know why miller's like so uh is he feeling any pain at all and she's like well if the computer is right then yes he's feeling a lot of pain to be honest with you and miller's like well can't you give him a painkiller at least then she's like well we're working on it, to be honest with you and after uh, miller leaves the room they decide to you know use the stamp to do a fingerprint uh, test on butler and then they go to run the fingerprint but of course the fbi apparently has the fingerprints uh blocked off from the general public and everyone else because they know what's going on apparently and then apparently debbie and anna are going to come back to the facility at seven to break into the office to try and figure out who the fingerprints belong to because that's never a bad plan at all we see one of the doctors in the room with butler and then he lets a scream and then out of nowhere we see a giant werewolf hand come up and that doctor runs right to the phone to call for help because he's freaking out at this point in time and then we already see anna and apparently debbie are are in this special locked up room encrypting the the fingerprint id and then next thing you know we cut back to the doctors on the phone trying to call for help and the machine just starts you know going like a dead beep and next thing we know butler's in full werewolf form and killing that doctor up against the wall then we have a nice classic shot of the phone hanging off the line and you know it's got the busy tone and there's just a little bit of blood as it just sways back and forth and then we see miller and the other colonel 
one of our doctors in the, the room. Like, uh, so we need to figure out where everyone is because, you know, this thing's running crazy around the place. And we see, you know, the dead body of the doctor on the floor. And there's a, a bloody paw print on the ground as well. And then Miller just uses his foot and, like, pushes the blood around. He's like, so, uh, I guess you guys should probably clean up this station really soon, uh, so, uh, nobody else comes into it, uh, so that, yeah, let's get the blood and the body cleaned up, and, uh, we'll, we'll go from there, alright? Let me see Anna breaking into, uh, Miller's office and, on, you know, picking the lock on his desk, and then we find out inside his desk he has, you know, the gun and a case of silver bullets, and she's like, hmm, that's interesting, I wonder why he has those. Let me see from the point of view of Butler in the werewolf form, walking through the hospital, lab, whatever it might be, and his vision's, like, all wobbly, and he's slowly starting to, I believe, track down Debbie by the looks of it, maybe, or maybe he's just making his way through. I don't know. And then she's met by Roger, and Roger's like, I've been paging you all night, you know, this section's quarantined now, because, uh, our friend's dead. And we see Miller and the other guys discussing, like, their plan with some security guards, and he's sending off one guy to go to the metal shop to try and make a device to knock out Butler, which is probably not gonna work out. But Miller's like, you know, if he gets outside and touches the electric fence, he's just gonna electrocute himself, so he's gonna be fine, it's gonna be fine. We'll just have some fried werewolf. And we see this, uh, security officer leaving, like, the front desk and going outside by this, what looks to be, like, a pool area. And then the next thing we know, we see from Butler's vision, he's literally in the same spot, and he destroys his, like, I forget what they're called, but it's a little bird that hits the water drop and goes back and forth. He smashes that, and the next thing we know, we see Butler on top of the roof somehow, even though he was just in the same goddamn section that the security officer was in. Then Butler jumps off the, the roof of the building, jumps onto the security guard, and just rips him into pieces. And then we see Miller and the other corporal and two security guards outside, and they find the dead body of their fellow security officer, and then the werewolf jumps out of the bush and is like, don't hurt, and then they spray it with a uh, fire extinguisher? I'm not really too sure. And the next thing we know, we see them inside in their, um, you know, science lab, where they have Butler's body back on the table, and they're trying to operate on him. But uh, guess what? Nothing's actually working, because this new skin that he has is made of metal. I will say that we see this one scene of Butler where he turns, looking at Miller, and he's like, half human face, half mid-transformation of werewolf face and it looks kind of cool kind of looks a little like basket case in a way let me see Anna leaving the operating area where butler's you know tied up and she's going to the freezer area where their friend is because she really wants to see how he died because apparently she just can't understand how he died you know you saw the thing that's on your operating table right at this point in time uh, that's probably how he died anyway she's there in the freezer and she goes to move his hand and his whole forearm's not even attached and she freaks out and then she leaves and then we have Anna talking to the other two. Being like, you know, we have to do something. We have to kill him. I should have went with my instincts. I should have never did this in the first place. And then they want to make Roger put a needle in Butler's eye to kind of make him pass out for a little bit. But this whole time, Butler's super hearing. He's hearing everything that's happening. Or being discussed, at least. And we see the guy who likes Anna. He's like, I got an idea. I'm going to go find anything that's silver. And I'm going to make a contraption of silver to kill this werewolf creature. I mean, good on you for at least sticking with the werewolf lore being able to kill it with silver at least and of course we have roger in that little area getting the needle ready of course he drops something before it has to you know be nervous and pick it up and uh, when he picks it up he's got his back to butler's body and that's when we see butler's one arm break free of the harness that has him 
held down on the table. And for a reason, these doctors don't hear when the machine starts going crazy because he starts moving around more and more and the machine just keeps beeping louder and louder and louder. And the doctors never think to even look at the goddamn thing. Because now apparently Roger's in a whole different room altogether doing the needle. And then through a window behind him, we see Butler's standing. Or apparently he's not. Maybe it was a mirror that he was standing in and somehow Roger didn't hear him stand up. But then uh, we see Butler grabbing Roger's head, ramming it through some glass, and then pretty much just ripping him to pieces. Then we see Anna getting ready to use the elevator. And of course inside the elevator is the uh, the metal beast. <laughs> and then he kind of looks at her neck and she has a cross on her neck. He's just like, oh no, not the cross. And then the elevator door closes and then he starts beating the crap out of the elevator door as she runs away for her goddamn life. And then we see them all in the little workshop area where the guy was melting the silver. And he's made a giant metal sil- or silver spear, maybe? I thought he was making bullets, but apparently it's not bullets by the looks of it. Okay, so apparently he was making like shells for a rocket launcher of some sort. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know where uh, Miller and the other colonel are in this kitchen area where they see one of the other guys is dead. And then Miller literally just shoots the colonel in the kneecaps and drops him on the ground. He's like, make sure you don't go too far. It's pretty dangerous out there. And Miller leaves the room and then we just see the shadow of the metal beast walking through as he comes towards the colonel getting ready to kill him next. I mean, the design of like the metal beast, it's kind of neat. Uh, I wish there was shot a little bit better. I wish like there was a little bit more of different coloration. And I'm not really stuck on the, the feet because they're kind of like a, they almost look like a hoof almost. They, I feel like the feet should be bigger and like maybe the toenails could be like clicking like a velociraptor. Maybe that's just me being nitpicky and I'm sure they only had so much money in the budget, but whatever. Then Miller meets up with everyone else and he's like, so nobody's going to kill my little friend over here. So how about we put down the shells and give me the launcher and we'll just, you know, we'll all leave here as friends and nobody else will die. And then we see a standoff between Miller and the the last, I guess, security guard maybe. And Miller's just like, you know, get out of my way. And the security guy's like, over my dead body. So then uh, Miller just shoots him right in the shoulder and drops him. And maybe he's dead because he just walks over his body and the guy looks dead. So I don't know if a shoulder shot killed him or not. And of course we see Debbie and Anna running away. And of course they come to gallery number two, the cryo holder freezer area. And Debbie's able to, you know, hack the encryption code to get into the area. And it's apparently in there, an area they've never been in before. Then we see them walking around looking at all the cryo chambers. And they're like, oh, they said this area was destroyed by the fire. We've been lied to all these years. They've been lying right in front of our face. Then Miller finds him. He's like, ah, I'm really sorry that you guys had to find my little my little hidey hole down here. And then I know where the metal beast comes up. And Miller's like, hey, Butler, it's me. You know, I'm supposed to be in control of you. We're friends here. And then the metal beast just starts throwing him around and literally slashes him through the stomach and throws him up against a, a metal door at one point. And then the metal beast is like getting ready to attack him. And it almost looks like his back has like porcupine quills coming out of it. <laughs> and at one point, uh, Miller goes to fix his hair as the metal beast is holding him. I I don't know why but it looks like he's fixing his goddamn hair and it literally does at this point look like the metal beast has porcupine quills coming out of the back of his head maybe because at this scene he's got his whole like hand through miller's stomach as miller's screaming kind of in pain and then for some reason anna and debbie split up and then debbie finds a door that's open to the outside world and she starts screaming to anna which is probably not a good thing to do when you have a super 
metal werewolf hunting you down. So then the metal beast is staring down Debbie, and out of nowhere comes running Anna, and Anna's like, go, get down, Debbie. And then she shoots the rocket, and the rocket looks like it hits the back wall behind the metal beast, and then the whole wall blows up, and the metal beast comes down. And then somehow a piece of steel rod goes through what I believe is Anna's ankle. Not sure how that happened. She literally pulls a steel rod out of her ankle, and literally just takes like a part of her medical jacket, and wraps it up, and starts, you know, limping away, being like, ah, it's fine, it's fine, I won't bleed out to death, and I can walk fine even though it went all the way through me and then she gets up and she's looking around and we see like the metal beast is underneath the rubble and debbie's also underneath the rubble but guess what the metal beast isn't dead yet because it's not silver so good luck now somehow anna's able to run down this underground tunnel system that's kind of like in a basement area underneath the facility as the metal beast is slowly walking after her but you know it's a horror movie so it looks like the metal beast is walking a lot faster than it really is we see her run down this uh, tunnel way and apparently it's it's a dead end. The door is locked somehow. And there's also a loose wire that's sparking all over the place as soon as the metal beast gets closer. And then out of nowhere, Debbie comes up and shoots one of the rockets and gets him right in the thigh. And he pulls it out of his thigh as they run away. And out of nowhere, when they run to this other area, the guy who really likes Anna comes out from hiding behind like some boxes and tubs and stuff. He's like, I got a shell! So he gives it to Anna. And Anna shoots the metal beast. And now the metal beast just blows up into a million pieces. And there's smoke all over the place. And we see the three of them getting out of the building together. As, you know, they're coughing up a lung. And then once they're outside, he's like, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry I didn't find you sooner. I couldn't find you in there. It's a, it's a maze. You know, you know, you all work there. And he's like, oh, I'm glad you're alive. I thought you were dead. And Anna takes, like, a piece of the metal beast's flesh off of his face. Because of, the, like, from the explosion. And then as they walk away, we see that piece of metal beast's flesh on the ground. Just, you know, twitching and moving a bit. And then the end credits roll and the movie's over. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, this one was a unique movie uh interesting um not really too much good to say about it, to be honest with you um i'm glad i watched it uh the design wasn't too bad i wish we kind of saw a little bit more of it but uh it's not something i'll revisit anytime soon and it's not up there on like best werewolf movies by any means for me the concept is cool i just wish it was done a little bit better uh on the rotten scale of 10 i'm getting this one a 4 out of 10 i think it deserves that uh, sadly you know, it had a decent cast, I guess. I mean, you know, it's got the guy from Spin City in it, who's, like, the main bad guy. But, uh, you know, sadly he died, and, you know, the he died at the end of the movie, at least. But, you know, it's it's weird seeing him in this role, not a comedic role, I guess. And it's weird just seeing Kane Hodder behind the suit. You, you can understand it's him, but nonetheless. Uh, still kind of cool, I guess. You know, watch it for free if you want on YouTube. Apparently it's on Plex and Tubi as well, so. Which brings us to this point in time where we pick what we're going to be watching next week. We're going to be watching another uh, first-time movie for us. For the first time ever, we're going to be watching from 1981. It's a horror crime movie for an hour and 29 minutes. It's called Hospital Massacre. You can watch it for free on YouTube as well, and apparently there's a couple other sites. Uh, it's also known as X-Ray, uh, depending on where you look at it. So, uh, the copy I'm watching says Hospital Massacre, so we're going to stick with that but also x-ray comes out so i'm not sure which one is the proper title it says on the x-ray that the original title was hospital massacre so i'm not sure why it's changed but if you look it up on youtube you'll find the full uh, movie there as well and it's called hospital massacre for 1981 so definitely go check that out or just wait for me to talk about it next week as always make sure to check out the outro band toronto-based horror band blood opera all their links are down below but you can find them 
on everything soundcloud instagram facebook spotify pretty much anywhere and everywhere youtube of course and then also check out my social media links down below as well find me on all sites at typhonstein and the main thing that we're pushing like i said at the beginning of this podcast is the youtube channel where we have the weekly game video dropping every single wednesday we have the um old episodes of the podcast going up we do live streams over there we have uh, the community posts we have uh, very short videos going up as well and we're going to be doing some more like live drawing stuff and maybe some watch along videos uh i don't know what the whole plan i want to do some ps2 uh live streams as well so we'll see how that all gets set up i got a capture and everything i just gotta actually focus on getting that stuff done a little bit more uh, but yeah we've been doing a lot of live streams um you know roughly sitting right now and doing five live streams a week so definitely go check that out it's a fun place to be and i will talk to you guys all next time peace you must, you've got to get to Dunwich. You must reclose those gates.